expert is the man who stays put. Writing destroyed word linkages. Simultaneous budget relations. Many letters Marshall himself to be
Take the blind and then put the book together sequentially, but not necessarily in just one straight line across a wall. And it comes out as something completely different than other again. Some of the impulses that jump will fall out that famous foot that you're Brilliant. And then if you hang it up, it's a Young today reject goals. Is me.
Black Black on Mutiny Radio FM.
Somebody told him that, well, your wife was forced to stand and he turned into a dove, so he flew away. So
many people were very jealous of this boy, you see, with this dog, because whenever he goes out, he could kill big animals, and this dog could kill big animals because it was so good. And another thing was this, this dog was so good because it was blessed by the uh, spirits. So one day they went on hunting and uh, so many people were jealous of this boy. They thought of how to kill the dog. So what they thought was, first of all, they hit the dog with a knife. After they hit the dog, then they were uh, skin to make sure that it will not be, it, it will not be alive and after they skin it then they could bury it so they did that one day while they were out hunting the boy was not there so they took the dog and they killed Machena and so after they killed Machena Machena was skin and after they skin Machena so this boy was very sad that he could not find
host. Yeah, that's fair. You can do that too if you want. Um, I am here because I am an improv expert. That's why I'm qualified to be here hosting this show. Improv expert, Hunter Donaldson. Uh, my only problem with improv in general as a form is that you generally have to take a class and they cost about $300. And that's more money than I've ever had at one time in my entire life. So I don't take improv classes, don't do it at all. This is a little technique I built up myself. Um, I'm getting around the classes. What I do is I just go out in my life and I'll think of something and then I'll say it. <laughs> it's just kind of this weird workaround that I've figured out. Um, the other day, actually, uh, this guy came up to me and he was like, I'm not from around here, Hunter. I could use some directions. And I was like, that's perfect. Um, I'm going to do a little improv with this guy. That was my thought. I was like, I'm going to improv this guy right here, right now. And I looked right at him and I was like, you know what? Hey man, suck my dick. And he loved that. He could not believe I had just come up with that off the top of my head. He was like, you're like a magician with that. And I was like, yeah, man, keep sucking my dick. He was amazed. He could not believe the level of improv that he was seeing. The way we do improv here at Hell Hat is there is, uh, the audience at home can't see, but there is a hat, um, and it has suggestions on it. Um, suggestions, I think, is kind of a loose term. Um, I saw this show last year, and I'm going to say some of the stuff that you're going to see come out of this hat uh, ranges from like, oh, that's that's pretty funny, to like, something a psycho pervert would come up with essentially a lot of these suggestions are very very deranged uh you know what let's just throw one out there i'm the host so um i'm not really gonna do any real improv but let's see what we got do an ian levy impression that's not really first of all that's not really a suggestion so much as that's an order, um, if you look at the way they've worded it. And I don't want to blow any of your minds. I'm about 14 years old, and I do not know who Ian Levy is at all. So when I read the name Ian Levy, I noticed there was a lot of laughing. I'm not in on that, um, whoever this person is. Let's do another one. Because um, I didn't really get to show off too much there, you know? I want to be, I'm the star here. What's the deal with airplane food? <laughs> hmm. This premise is too original for me. Uh, the thought, airplane food and what is up with it, I don't think that's not really within the bounds of what we talk about when it comes to comedy. You know what I mean? That's very much outside of what we're traditionally used to. All right, so you can see why it's hell hat and not heaven hat, I feel like, now. Let's do one more hurricane joke. <laughs> That's not... <laughs> All right, well, fuck this. Um, so here's... I'll Actually, you know what? I'll do an improv. I'll do a real-style improv, none of this hat business. Uh, how about I'll do an improv that involves a suggestion from the audience, and I need a suggestion of a word that means like a sexy emotion and it rhymes with corny. Just throw out whatever you got. Any old thing will do. Whatever... I heard horny. Someone said horny. 
Someone definitely said horny. Let's see if I have something for horny. Um, kind of on the spot. Oh my God, so nervous. JK, I've got it. <clears throat> ring, ring, ring. Oh, shit. Fucked it up. Um, ring, ring, ring. There we go. <laughs> Hello, boss. I'm not going to be able to come into work today. I got too horny. <laughs> Just kidding. I'll be in at noon. Love you. So I just made that up. Let's go back. Yeah, thank you. Go ahead. I just made that up right now. Let's go back to the hat. Let's see if it's gotten any better. Um, buy gold. <laughs> <laughs> I actually like I like this suggestion. This is a good suggestion uh, by gold because you know as a suggestion it works because gold is worth money and you should buy it. We should go back to the gold standard. Okay. All right. Um, what about this? There was a guy in my town that uh, worked for a place that bought gold and he would stand out there every day with a sign that says we buy gold. The thing about this guy is that he did not look like he had ever bought gold in his life. He looks like he bought meth. That's what he looks like. He should have had a sign that said, I buy meth. And I would have been like, this is a believable character. Let's see one more. I've said that maybe 12 times now. This one just says banana. Wait, actually, it doesn't say banana because whoever wrote this suggestion misspelled the word banana. <laughs> it says B-A-N-A, -A, and they're doing fine thus far, N-N-A. What teaching biology will be like in 50 years? So they range from like not even a thought to like, this is too much idea. <laughs> they range from nothing to like, well, do I get to have any say in what this idea is? <laughs> um, do an FDR impression? No. I... Actually, I like this one. I called the cops on blank, it says. I called the cops on blank. What's the funniest person we could call the cops on? That was the idea. Is they'll come up with the funniest person you could call the cops on. What about the cops? <laughs> what if we called the cops and we were like, there's a bunch of cops out here and they fucking suck. And you need to arrest them because they have a bad attitude. They're mean. And they, did you know that they, one time, okay, the first time I ever got pulled over by a cop, uh, I was really nervous. I was like, I was like maybe 12, th wait, how would I be 12? I almost said 12. How would that even work out? How would I have been pulled over? I was whatever age is the youngest that you can drive a car in Arkansas, which is actually 12. Um, <laughs> That's how it happened. So I was 12, cop pulled me over, I was on my tractor, my John Deere tractor, and he pulled me over 
And I remember I was really, really nervous. I was like a child. And uh, he was like, man, why are you so nervous? And I couldn't believe the audacity of a cop asking me that. I was like, first of all, I'm a child. Second of all, you're a stranger and you have a gun. Like, I'm allowed to be nervous any time. Okay. Maybe that doesn't work because as a white person, I really don't need to be nervous. But I didn't know that, that I was white. You don't know in Arkansas, they have to tell you because, all right, well, this is going, actually, I'll do one more. Let's just read one more. Eclipse with an exclamation point. Eclipse, eclipse. All right, so that this is Hellhead Improv. Get excited. There's going to, this is, this one is a fucking carousel, this whole thing of bullshit and ideas. So get excited. Your first comedian, all the way from Boston, very funny gentleman, Brian Plum, everybody. Oh, you guys are too kind. Too kind. Uh, it's going to be super excited to pick out good ideas from the dead animal we have up here. That's always good. It's always good to kill a squirrel and then fill it with improv ideas. I'm glad you guys are real progressive out here. You're like, we sacrifice a squirrel just so we can put fucking FDR sound into it. Into it. That's always good. So let's fucking do this. <laughs> what? I it literally says uh, it has an alien shitting, and it says I go poop super baby, and I don't know how to read that. I I didn't take enough edibles to understand what that means, so I'm just gonna move on. <laughs> I think you have to be a certain level of high to do the show, and I didn't know. I didn't get the fucking memo. <laughs> just written in weird San Francisco code, like super alien took a dump. I guess I don't know. What's his backstory? Why is he taking the dump? Is he protesting? I know. I just found out that it's legal to take a dump in public in San Francisco. Maybe the alien is protesting some nonsense. I don't know. I don't even know what the. F it, this is just uh, this. Maybe I'm just drawing. I'm bad at picking cards. This is literally just a picture of a fat guy. I don't know. <laughs> That should be labeled Arkansas, ironically, <laughs> except for except for Hunter, because he's the best per he's the, like the best person in shape I've seen from Arkansas. So it's amazing. <laughs> this is just uh, this is like what Trump is gonna look like tomorrow. I think I don't know. Just a picture of a fat guy. I think this is I don't know. Maybe he just saw some, he just saw like a homeless guy jerk off, and he's like, I'm gonna run away. I don't even know what I'm saying. I'm gonna put that one down. <laughs> Not me too. Does that mean like I'm a predator now? I don't know what the fuck. <laughs> that sounds really aggressive. Like not me too. I'm like, what if she had a point? I don't fucking know. <laughs> not me too. That is the fucking rapiest thing I've read on paper in years. <laughs> I think, is that what you say when you drop a roofie in someone's drink? Not me too. Don't make a fucking status. I don't know. This is just the creepiest card. Who wrote this? Did Bill Cosby write that? I don't even know. I'm sorry that 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 card ventured way too far in your direction. That that's yeah. I'm, I apologize. I just flicked the non me too card at her, and now I feel like a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> and it was totally by accident, but it just kept floating, and it just was like, "What is your least favorite body part?" Whew. I just say like I still, no matter how I, for some reason I get high when I think about this. I don't think the ball sack makes sense. I think it's just a weird part of your body. Like, who came up with the ball sack? I want to know who just sat in a lab. Maybe it was God or, ironically, Jesus was just like, you want to just have the dick? 
and they were like, nah, man, you want to just have awkward balls flop around for no reason? I think it just, balls were just to make God laugh. He was just like, I think I'm just going to make myself laugh. Is it going to, are they going to get way longer as you get older? Obviously, man. Uh, that's, that's how it's going to work. When it's hot out, are they going to be a problem? And are they going to sweat a lot? And then God was like, of course it is. I'm going to make them totally unreasonable. <laughs> are they going to smell good? No, they're going to smell like a foot. I don't know what. All right, that was. Balls are always funny. That's just always a constant. That is an interesting choice of clothing. I don't even know how to deal with that, but well, that's awesome. Fancy new doctor prescriptions? I'm so medically dumb. I just I assume that it's just we're just naming Cialis more syllables. <laughs> like just everything is either a boner pill or a psych or just an antipsychosis pill that has suicidal thoughts <laughs> attached to it. <laughs> Like, yeah, you're not going to kill your, you're not going to want to kill yourself, but then right after you're going to want to kill yourself. All right, too dark. That's fine. <laughs> Fancy. I don't even, I'm terrible at drawing improv cards. I keep getting fat guys, aliens, vague prescriptions. I don't even know. Name of a new strain of weed. I mean, super panic. That's got to be fun. <laughs> I took, a, I took, a, last time I came here, I took weed so strong when I was driving around. I played this game. And in San Francisco, it's my favorite game to play. It's called Eat a, Their Strongest Weed Cookie and Go Drive Around and See What Happens. And uh, I end up stopping in the middle of the road and waiting for a mailbox to cross the road. And I was like, I turned to my friend. I'm like, I'm not moving until that turns into a cheetah. And that's why I can't get high here. It's just unreasonable. All right, we're slowly making our way back. We had traction on that and then it petered out. What are you going to do? This one's fucking stapled. Okay, I'm getting the worst fucking cards ever. We just we just talked about this Pam's pot treats. It just that they're good. I think. I mean, they're they f I feel like they're made of radioactive caramel. But other than that, <laughs> I feel like we just went to a fucking like <laughs> power plant and just put a couple nuts in them and made them into squares. And we're like, I think these are safe. I don't really know. <laughs> You chew on it for 47 minutes, and then by the time it kicks in, it's, I'm high, but I'm still chewing it, and it doesn't make sense. <laughs> I'm like, I don't even know how the pot got into my system. I've been chewing on it for four days. I don't even know. But they're good. I mean, if that's what you want to, that's, they're good. That's what we, yeah. <laughs> I have a cat, so you can all drop dead. That's so aggressive. <laughs> like, what? That's so not this city. I don't even. That's it's more like back east. So you can have a cat or go fuck yourself up with that. That's like such a Boston thing to say. Like you can either have a cat or die. There's got to be something in between. There has to be something. I like cats as much as the next guy, but the, the, the next option is die. That seems like. What it was like. Hey man, I just don't like cats. Well, you're gonna have to die now. I think that's how this works. You're at Mutiny Radio. That's how it works. We just murder people for not having cats. That's what we do here after hours. <laughs> That's what you decide to laugh at. That's <laughs> He hasn't said shit all night. And then as soon as I talk about murdering after hours, she's like, I like that. I like that one. I really like when he talked about people being murdered here behind the fucking stained glass. I really like that. Oh, this one just says, this, this, this card says what I ask myself every day. And it just says why. <laughs> I don't know why. Why do we do anything? I don't know because I, I don't fucking know. That's a too introspective of a question for me to answer in 11 minutes, I think. I don't know why. Oh, that's a dumb card. I'm just going to put that one down. I need more to work with than that. I'm not that strong. This one just says trolls. I'm just getting one word now. This is just, this is, we're just going to give Brian the one word cards and just let him spiral out of control. This is, 
I mean, what kind of trolls? There's internet trolls. There's like fucking. I mean, that fat guy, that guy's got to be a troll from earlier. I assume he would just... Maybe someone wrote too mean of a YouTube comment, he was being trolled, and then he just ran away and didn't want to put his pants on. It's always good when you have to call back to a previous improv card. (laughs) It's always solid. That's when you know you're really good at it. You're like, oh, I just came up with one for the fat guy four cards ago. I'm going to fucking talk about that. Internet trolls are just... So... You ever go on like a Reddit journey and you just all of a sudden you, it, someone yells, someone, it's just, it just gets racist really quick no matter what the article's about. It'll be about yoga and then someone will just yell like, okay, that's going to go. <laughs> it's not the right time. Pronouns, who cares? Once again, just not things that go along with the city at all. <laughs> that's all they care about here is pronouns. That's 100%. I mean, I guess people care. I, the only reason I care, I just don't want to get in arguments. Because I just, I, I can't, I don't want to get in arguments. With pe- I just, and people are like, you should use the word they, they switch between genders. I'm like, that's a mental illness, I think. I, went to, I knew that one wasn't going to work, and I just did it anyway. How much time do I have left? I don't know, this feels like forever. This <laughs> feels like fucking two minutes. Oh, I got that. Appreciate it. Thanks for repeating it. <laughs> I thought that'd be funny if it was like two minutes and you go 120 seconds. I was like, oh, well, now I get it. <laughs> Mr. Bojango Fett. I know I played sports growing up. What does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> is that the fucking guy in the, oh, is that the guy in the jacket from Star Wars? Is that that guy? Am I on the right track? Is it Star Wars? Will, help me out. <laughs> fucking, is it? I don't know. He's, any guy with a jetpack has to at least get laid sometimes. That's got to be nice in the Star Wars world. But I got shit faced with his jetpack and fucking... I wonder if he did blow on his jetpack. That's really all I want to know. If it's possible, he just took a plate of blow up there, just with it. I don't even know what the fuck I'm talking about. I think, I think subconsciously, I really wanted to do cocaine with a jetpack, and I just wanted to project myself into that joke. That's really what happened. How do you feel about the Warriors? I'm indifferent toward the Warriors. I am a white Jew. I don't watch basketball, so that's pretty much. I feel indifferent about it. I think they're doing it. I think they're good. Yeah, that's what I, I'm going to go out on a limb. <laughs> I mean, they loaded their team pretty bad, but other than that, I mean, it's hard not to be good when you have four of the best players ever. I don't know. This. <laughs> I don't know if they were bad. I'd be concerned. I mean, it'd be. I I kind of want to see them like fall apart. Like I kind of want to see Steph Curry develop a coke problem. I think that'd be funny because he's just so proper. Like one day on the golf course, he just starts sniffling, and everyone's concerned. Like, what's, <laughs> all right, that's too real for you guys. That's. <laughs> You guys were like, no, we don't. We we take our Steph Curry jokes very seriously. Go, go back to talking about murder after hours. We don't appreciate that. <laughs> Become a neo-Nazi? I mean, maybe at this point. <laughs> I, mean, I would be a better neo-Nazi than I am at improv. I think. <laughs> all, all I need is a tiki torch and a yell racist things. That doesn't seem that bad. Don't know what the one thing about the neo-Nazis that blow my mind is it's kind of weird to be that racist and bigoted when you also smell like lavender. I think it's unreasonable. That, this joke deserves more. <laughs> Usually you want to end on like a really high note, but I think ending on Nazis smelling good is going to make me laugh. So <laughs> you guys have been a lot of fun. Thanks a lot. Enjoy the rest of the show. Okay. Do you guys love this show? This is a great fucking show, right? This is this is a wonderful, wonderful show. This show is the comedy equivalent of strapping like bricks to yourself and jumping into the ocean, I feel like. This is that is what it is. 
It feels like I've been up here forever would be a good subtitle to this show. It feels like this feels like an eternity. Your next victim uh, for the show is a wonderful comedian that I semi-sort of know, also from Portland. I'm from Portland. I didn't even say that. I'm from Portland. They're from Portland. They run a great show in Portland called Minority Retort. Everyone welcome Julia Ramos. Um, I don't want to brag, but I took two improv classes in Portland, and if you've ever taken an improv class, you know that that means nothing. <laughs> Super nervous. <laughs> All right, here we go. Oh, there's a lot in there. Okay, good. I was like, I'm going to have to pick some of that up and go again. My favorite bus. Oh, all right. Well, obviously, they know I have two DUIs. Okay, well, let's go. <laughs> let's talk about it. Uh, <laughs> I did have a favorite bus in Portland, actually. It was the 8 line, and I loved it because it was. It went through uh, all of downtown and then went down, um, what was it, 15th, I think, all the way to Decom. It was wonderful. Everybody got on and often was so polite. It was the first bus in Portland that I took because like, I didn't know how to ride ride the bus when I was in Portland. My mom thought that riding the bus was very dangerous and that's only because she didn't know how to do it. So she did not prepare me for my DUIs like a good mom, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> so I had to learn how to start taking the bus on my own. And when I did, I was so surprised and like, I was, it made me so happy that people were so polite on the bus. Like they say, please and thank you. And I was like, this is amazing. I absolutely love it. So the eight line, uh, well, that was a long answer for that one. <laughs> if I had one million dollars, the dollar sign is supposed to go before, I think. Um, all right. <laughs> uh, we'll just go with it. If I had a million dollars, I always told myself that if I had a lot of money, I would automatically give half of it to charity. Don't know what charity, but a good charity. I figure that that is good karma. I would throw it out there. Um, I would spend the other half uh, bribing Stevie Wonder's people to let me just go on tour with him everywhere in life. Um, I got a tattoo for Stevie Wonder, which was very dumb of me. <laughs> if you know anything about him, um, he's never going to see it. So, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> Let's see what this one is uh what are you best at not improv let's keep going <laughs> uh mexico beckons is that because i'm mexican like i don't even <laughs> all right um i guess so i actually uh i've never been to mexico well i take that back apparently i went to mexico one time when i was a newborn um my dad was from texas my mom from new mexico they were living in california at the time i was born on a marine base um down in san diego actually and so they went to mexico i guess for like a week and <laughs> my mom told me the story and she was just like real angry about it the whole time because when we were trying or all of us were trying to cross the border back into the United States they weren't going to let them because both my parents look very Mexican and my dad refused to talk uh, in English at the border to get back into the U.S. Uh, so he's just standing there trying to like uh, trying to prove to these people that he's an American citizen but he's doing it all in Spanish all right <laughs> <laughs> Ramos family for life. <laughs> the grossest thing you've ever done sexually. Um, his name was Luke. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wish my blank was blank. I wish my mom was proud. She probably is. I'll tell you that right now. I can tell by the way the set is going. She's going to be super proud. Uh, where did I put the milk? 
Um, I don't, uh, first of all, I'm lactose intolerant, so this is like really insensitive. Um, <laughs> I don't appreciate <laughs> having to think about the fact that I can't enjoy a glass of milk, but you know, if I had to put it somewhere, I would guess the refrigerator. I'm not an idiot, so <laughs> just keep going with that one. Um, the last book you read or are currently reading, oh my gosh, um, I love reading memoirs and autobiographies. I just bought Tiffany Haddish's The Last uh, Black Unicorn. If you don't have it, go get it. Good luck getting it because a lot of places are selling out of it. Um, I am also reading this book by this woman um, who was on... 2020 for the longest time and uh, <laughs> I actually get in a lot of trouble because my fiance gets upset with me because I will buy like six books at a time and then just sit on, on Facebook and never read them so uh, yeah <laughs> all right well just that was just a little secret time I guess <laughs> <laughs> if Harvey Weinstein was a cartoon character um, I would write him out of that comic next <laughs> T-Rex hands, like, is that, am I supposed to do an impression? I don't know. All right, let's, uh, for the people listening at home, this is going to be killer. <laughs> um. <laughs> Thank you very much. I'm so good. <laughs> That's really just me in like everyday life trying to uh, reach anything. So, <laughs> ordered salmon but served duck confit. Um, I wouldn't bitch. I'm not a baby. <laughs> Princess Diana. Uh, may she rest in peace. That's just sad. Let's keep going. Take me out to the ball game. Um, I did actually. So, okay, where's that last one? Um, that worst thing I did sexually. So, <laughs> he was actually 22 when I was 29 at the time, and uh, it worked out because like I felt like I taught him a lot of things. You know, like I didn't know when I first started dating this kid that like he well, uh, you know, 22 is not officially a kid, but it was a kid, and I didn't know that at the time. And so I remember like I found out right before we were supposed to go on our first date, and I like kind of flipped out a little bit because I was like I don't know if he knows like how much older than uh, him I am. And so we went on this date and I was asking, I was like, hey, there's a little bit of an age difference. Do you happen to know this? And he's like, yeah, I think you're like, what, um, a year or two older than me? And I was like, um, guess again. <laughs> and so he kept guessing year after year after year, seven guesses, this fool. <laughs> I was like, it really doesn't matter after 25. I feel like that's too many guesses, like get it together. Uh, but I tried not to let that like end the relationship because he was a nice enough kid. You know what I mean? Like I made sure um, I was always really affectionate with him. Like, I held his hand when we crossed the street, like a good parent, you know? Uh, that's all that reminds me of. Oh, I took him out to play catch. That was why that was there. I wish I was cool. Wow, this is confidence boosting. Uh, all right. Taco Cat is Taco Cat backward. Oh, you guys know I'm just learning things. I didn't... <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. <laughs> kind of want to keep that one. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and then it says graduate school question mark. Obviously never been. <laughs> or else I wouldn't have put that last one in my jacket. Uh, I don't know how to say any of those words. <laughs> 
And favorite holiday, um, May 13th, um, because it's Stevie Wonder's birthday. Um, let's go back to my favorite person. I will show you this lovely tattoo I have of him. Uh, yeah, right? She, it was so good. I couldn't decide which one to go with, because I was kind of digging like the, uh, the braids that he still has on his head. Um, so May 13th, which is wonderful, because it's just like a perfect day in May. And my birthday happens to be May 31st, so it was like, that means something. Uh, I'm not allowed to talk like this around my fiance. He gets super jealous. We were together when I was like, hey, by the way, I love you so much. Glad we're living together. Um, I'm going to go get a tattoo of another man's face on my body. <laughs> um, it did not. He, he was a little bit jealous. He's okay now. He actually proposed to me at a Stevie Wonder concert, so I think we're over it. Um, Kodiak, Marmoset, the largest of the smallest mammals. Is that a fact? Do we know? Is that? Because <laughs> I'll put that in my pocket right now if that's true. <laughs> just keep going. This thing's about, that's what I need. Your in-laws refuse to love you. Oh, no, just my regular parents, you guys. <laughs> my in-laws love me. <laughs> Let's see. Go fuck yourself. All right. <laughs> Exist, smirk, and lurk. Okay, all right. That sounds like the beginning of a Dr. Seuss book. One I actually want to read, though, is the difference. Did you buy your ticks for the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival? Oh, is this a sponsored part? Was I supposed to, like, do? Okay. <laughs> if you haven't already, there are shows tonight and tomorrow. Please buy them at the door. $10. Okay. <laughs> you just had to tell me I would have done it anyway. <laughs> Favorite Star Wars movie? The one that I... Um, fell asleep in. <laughs> uh, Hell Hat is giving me anger issues. I think I seem pretty okay. Joyful? Yeah? <laughs> I laugh through a lot of pain, you guys. It's the comedian way. <laughs> uh, break up one-liners. I'm pregnant. <laughs> Experience versus education. Also, I'm pregnant. <laughs> My dessert in the desert, um, I don't know, a lot of, I'm just glad I, you guys got the spelling correctly, unless that was supposed to be my dessert in the dessert, um, <laughs> which could be a thing. I feel like that's a commonly misspelled word, and I'll just leave it right there. Thank you so much. How's the show going? Is it going well? It's a hat. There's hell. Okay, it's got all the elements. I just noticed that uh, I am wearing a shirt of the place and thing that we're at currently. And so is Julia. And so is some of the other people here. And Julia also spent some of her set advertising the thing that we're at. So this is a very corporate thing that's happening right now. You know, we're all really putting the ads out there. And of course, all the people in this room are the best people to advertise at. Really got to get the people in the room in the room. You know what I'm saying? Your next comedian is an SF local. Uh, he's also wearing the shirt, so we're all in on it. Everybody, get warm and hot for Clay Newman. You can almost tell who the locals are by who knew to wear a jacket. Like this. Like, I don't know if it's because we're so weak that we think 52-degree weather is cold, or you thought you were entering Baywatch when you heard California. Like, I can't tell. It's confusing out here. We're different. Okay. Why do I like to burn things? Uh, this really, at least 
two thirds of this reads like somebody just cut up a middle school boy's diary. Like that's the vibe. It's just why do I like to burn things? And I'm gonna be honest. Because it's fucking cool. Uh, and I don't say, like, I don't go out of my way to burn shit, but I'm not above staring at fire. I don't think anybody... No, nobody's going to agree with me here. Nobody, like... that's a, That was the original TV, was fire. I'm old school. It's the hipster thing to do. With fire radio television. I'm sitting with a corncob pipe. Just watching fires. Good times. What are you doing talking about fire? Are you not listening, hat? <laughs> this is so like, I know where these questions came from. These questions were formed by the lovely people that hang out at Mutiny Radio. Pam asks folks to contribute. It really speaks to how sad we are at this place. This is, this is rough. Like this is classic nature versus nurture argument we have going on right now like is it the show like are we weird or is it just born that way <laughs> thoughts on push pops <laughs> oh i got a few <laughs> little too sexual to be exclusively enjoyed by children that is like, and it's weird too. Like it's, it's teaching them the weirdest thing. It is clearly teaching them that if your fella can't get hard, you put a finger in the butt and it just pokes on out. And they don't need to know that yet. You don't need to learn that lesson until at least what, 33? Cause it depends on how much Coke you do. For me, it was 33. Um, all right. I'm just kidding. I'm only 30. I just look bad. Uh, <laughs> vacation ideas for mortal enemies. That's fun. That's a nice way to think. Because we all have those dark thoughts of just like, maybe it's not murder or even torture, but just bad things we want to happen to our enemies. Let's get fucking creative about it. Let's be like, Cleveland. How about that? Just a bad vacation. Just <laughs> Cleveland, mid-February. You don't even need to keep, that's it. That's it. Just those two things, mid-February Cleveland. I wouldn't, I'd rather torture somebody. That's a horrible thing to put upon someone. Um, end a joke with your mom. That doesn't work in the context of a joke. Like that, <laughs> could have been that's what she said would have made sense. End a joke with your mom. You ever wake up next to a beautiful woman and you think to yourself, man, your mom. <laughs> okay, that one worked. That would. Sorry I yelled at you, joke. That was a good one. Secret morning ritual. Secret morning ritual. This is fun, actually. Uh, I had I had a interesting moment with my roommate. Uh, a couple weeks ago, he he actually talked to me because he heard me a few mornings in a row. There's some whispering coming from my room. And said, like, Clay, I hear some dark stuff coming up there. Every morning I hear you around 8 o'clock say, fucking kill yourself, you piece of shit. Fucking kill yourself. What's wrong with you? You don't deserve this. Fucking kill yourself. He thought I was just going through a state. 
I was getting called by Wells Fargo every morning at 8 o'clock, and I just didn't want to wake up my roommates. Like, I just wanted to yell at them quietly. I, like, I'm perfectly healthy mentally, with the exception of the fact that if Wells Fargo calls me at 8 in the morning, I'm going to wish that they kill themselves. Uh, just aggressively whisper at them and horrify my roommate, apparently. Just, like, somewhere in another room and somebody would just, like, pulling their blankets up a little closer, just eyes wide open. Post-apocalyptic world of human hamster wheels for electricity. That's... I mean, granted, like, politically, that's going to happen before, like, wind, but... Uh, <laughs> Like, that's going to, like, right, we'll compromise. We're not going to do green energy. How about human suffering energy? Can we do that? Like, all right, we'll stop burning coal, but we're going to need a lot of minorities. Uh, like, that's the way that's going to go. Or white people. Or white people. I don't know why I did that. Um, I just assume if something evil is happening, it's probably white people perpetrating it. Like, that's, if something fucked up is going on, we're probably going to be on the good end of it. Um... Worst part of Sketchfest. Uh, as somebody who got into Sketchfest. Uh, <laughs> let me just say, it was not having to hang out with whoever wrote this. <laughs> Bitter motherfuckers. No, Sketchfest was cool. Sketchfest was cool until you meet anybody from New York or LA. Like, ah, oh, like all these people were here. Hannibal Burris was here. Fucking all these people were here. Like, I ate a sandwich next to him three days ago. It was fine. Like, like all, like all a comedy festival is, is pretending you're in LA or New York for a week. That's pretty much, and we're clearly not in a fun part of LA or New York right now. This is, I don't know New York very well, but we're clearly somewhere deep in East Los Angeles. This is a dark time in here. Banana carrots. Again, you know what? This banana was spelled the same way as the last banana. Now I'm questioning you, Hunter. Is it one N followed by two N's or not? Should I pocket this? Like, is this important? I don't know what's knowledge and what's a joke anymore. Banana carrots. That's got to be a thing. Like, that's got to be. There are watermelon radishes. There got to be banana carrots. Like, I, I'm going to go home with my blue apron, and there's going to be some banana carrots in there that gonna have to learn how to saute the person I most want to have lunch with oh good I'm on a job interview right now um, that's helpful next one's gonna be where do I see myself in five years uh, person I'd most like to have lunch with Emerald, I guess like a chef right like <laughs> wouldn't you just want to go to the best chef you possibly can Mario Vitale, I'm going to say, like, which, like not the weird foods guy. I'm down with, like, everybody but the bald guy that eats uh, grubs. Uh, I'm not hanging with him. Or Anthony Bourdain. I don't want to, like, I like drinking, but I don't just want to get yelled at for an entire meal. <laughs> nothing like, doesn't matter how delicious it is, you're going to leave feeling bad. <laughs> no dessert is sweet enough to make up for Anthony Bourdain. <laughs> this one says DUI. Uh... It is just a statistical improbability, beyond improbability. I took statistics multiple years in college. I can't make sense of the fact that I do not currently have a DUI. It doesn't make sense. It defies all logic. 
And it's not like I'm good with cops. I've been pulled over so many fucking times. I've been pulled over so many times. I got pulled over on my driver's test. I got pulled over on my driver's test. You don't get your license after that. You, you take the test again, and then you pay $300. It's very sad. Apparently, they mean it when the sign says stop. Um, what do I, uh, what to do if someone is screaming, I can't breathe outside at 2 a.m.? Jesus. Uh, well, probably stop watching that Facebook Live video, uh, first of all. What do you do? Oh, God. I guess that's like, you're, you're not a narc if you're stopping a murder, right? Like, cops are cool if you're stopping a murder. What if it's the cops that are choking them? What do you do? You put up your own Facebook Live video. That's the only thing you can do. No, I mean, you obviously try to help. Uh, I'm like, I'm, I consider myself a pretty proud combination of like brave and stupid. Uh, and like the latter really makes the former. Like I will run to danger and get way too close before I realize like I could have just called for help. Uh, there's not like, when you see this bouncing at you, that's not gonna stop a fucking crime. Um, <laughs> If there's like, I look like backup for the criminals. That's not good. Like, I'm just going to stress the victim out more. <laughs> Racist childhood jokes. It is crazy that like those were the first ones you learned. Is like, fuck blondes and other races as a kid. Gays if you have them in your town. Um, but that is like, <laughs> I don't know a single white person or probably anybody in this country that can't finish this phrase. Me Chinese, me play joke. I don't need to finish it, that's the point. Why is that part? I don't even know if I could recite the entire Pledge of Allegiance, but you know I could finish that goddamn joke. Burnt in there. Can't read that. Uh, that was, I don't know if that's like a, nope, all right. Too confusing to even try. <laughs> the worst thing that happened to you today. Um, worst thing that happened to me today. You know what? I'm going to be an optimist and say it hasn't happened yet. Is that <laughs> optimistic or negative? Shit. I don't know how this works anymore. The glass is half coming at me tonight, baby. Thank you so much. I'm Clay Newman. Enjoy your last comic. My uh, my favorite part of any um, any improv show, I feel like we got right before Clay got off, which is the moment the whoa white boy, whoa hey whoa, we're making stuff up, but be careful, okay? Watch it, watch it. You've only got this. I know you're making stuff up off the top of your head, but be fucking careful. We're gonna get, we'll turn on you. We'll get you. Is it? Am I the only one who feels that? Is that what it is? Is that I'm the only one looking at other white boys being like, I'm going to fucking get you, okay? Is that's it? That's all it is? Are you guys ready for your hat liner? Is everybody, yeah? All right. Guys, all the way from Texas, get Texas for Ivan Garcia. Ooh. Oh, my gosh, guys. I'm originally from San Jose. It's kind of like Texas. What life advice would you give to a to my twelve year old self? Um, man, get laid more, of course. I'd be like, dude, you're about to fuck up for ten years. 
How do you ignore shit like this? I don't know what that means. <laughs> We're doing this, guys. It's happening. Awkward kiss. Many of them. My first girlfriend, guys, she uh, was extremely Asian and had no lips. And I thought I thought she wasn't kissing me at first. I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, I didn't know you wanted that. She's like, I'm kissing you. And I was like, oh, oh sorry. <laughs> and that's why we broke up. Your worst. I don't know what that last word is. Fuck cursive. <laughs> like, who the fuck is writing cursive? You'll never be good enough. <laughs> Where's the card? Like, what'd you say to yourself this morning? There's that card. <laughs> How terrible is my handwriting? Not that bad. Actually, this one's not that bad, right? This, that other one was pretty shitty. We're doing this, guys. We're making this happen. Why are diamonds special? They're not, people. We put that value in them just because, I don't know, because we want to get laid, right? <laughs> do you care about the Olympics? No. But do you guys? They're kind of exciting. The Special Olympics is cool. Do you guys watch that? None of you watch that. You guys, you guys don't support. <laughs> Write a poem about Pam. Oh, shit. <laughs> Pam, uh, you kind of look like Sam from, no, <laughs> I can't do poems, guys. You're the poem writer, though. You're the good one. Will you ever be famous? No, guys, I won't be. But to you guys, I hope tonight for a little bit, for this nice little special moment, two minutes, I'll be famous in your hearts. How many hours can you survive without your cell phone? Um... Uh, I think you probably go like half a day before I start kind of feeling kind of weird and I just have to master it more until I find get a new phone. <laughs> I need professional help. <laughs> After that last joke, if I lose my phone, I'm just going to start jacking off more, guys, so be careful. <laughs> I love this. I would suck your dick for. I don't know how much my dick is worth, guys, but I was at the laundromat in San Jose right before I moved to Texas. I was washing my last shit. And I was just hanging out, smoking some weed in my car. And then I went out to McDonald's and I come back to this horribly written letter. It was like, I'm sure a fucking gargoyle must have wrote it. But there was an address on that letter and said, come to my house. The door will be open. You're going to get your dick sucked. And that was for free. <laughs> I'm going to be paying for this. Everyone knows my dick's free. <laughs> How would you improve mutiny radio? Nothing. It's going great. I mean, they got me here, guys. They flew me out. <laughs> Something good's happening. <laughs> they got Paul Brumball doing the door. Yeah. Freedom! <laughs> I'm keeping that one because <laughs> there's not a lot of it going around nowadays. <laughs> what was... Where were you with... Oh, World Trade Center 7. <laughs> Where was I when the Building 7 fell? I was sleeping because my mom told me that something was happening in New York. And I said, fuck New York. That was my response when I was a kid. I was in junior high and I was like, go, go to sleep, mom. It's like 6 o'clock, 6 in the morning in fucking California. <laughs> Gravitational waves. Ooh. I knew about this before, scientists, man. You're getting down and dirty, you feel those gravitational waves. You like that booty out here, guys? <laughs> Stephen Hawking doesn't know shit about gravitational waves. 
A secret thing no one knows about me? Ooh. Then that wouldn't be a secret, guys. <laughs> Time is the essence. <laughs> Time is the essence, guys. That sounds like a Talking head song, right? Rant. Hmm, what do you guys want? I fucking hate charities, guys. Stop asking me to donate. Every fucking place you go to ask you to donate in a famous supermarket chain in texas it was like fucking i don't know 1 a.m and i'm rolling through with like a fucking bottle of jack daniels and a box cutter and they're like do you want to round this order up to the nearest dollar and donate to the children's foundation <laughs> i'm like oh hold on let me look at my items no <laughs> fuck those kids <laughs> last time you hurt yourself badly Today, when I fell on the BART, <laughs> there was a guy on there playing guitar, and, a, and he kept singing. He didn't even help me. <laughs> Did not give him any fucking money. Who loves alcohol? Yeah? In Texas, they drink all the time. All the coffee shops have beer. Every fucking place you have. You can get a haircut and drink at the same time. You can do anything out there. But here in Texas, I have not had one drop of alcohol. It's just all fucking weed, guys. Straight up. I've, you know, I'm from here, so I know I hit it up quick. You can bring wax on the plane, just saying. <laughs> You're a bumbling porn star? I think it would be pretty kind of shitty porn star. I don't know, guys. That'd probably be the one who cries at the end. What's <laughs> up, Stolowitz? I didn't see you back there. Whatcha smoking? Uh, I think I've, I got. Come on, right? So, grape Swishers, baby? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's double perp. It had that purple, yeah. We know what we're doing here. I'll be smoking outside if you guys want to join me. Because my tolerance is low, because that shit that they get in Texas sucks. Uh, oh, before I get into this one, I paid a bum. When I got to Texas, I could not find anyone who hooked me up with weed. None of the comedians wanted to hook me up with weed. They all thought it was a fucking weird-ass dude. And I was like, sorry, just trying to bring some color to this shit. So I went downtown, and a lot of there was a lot of homeless people downtown, and they kept saying like, "Hey, you know, can I get some cash?" And I usually I was like, "Ah, I mean, can you give me some weed first? And guys, they brought me the most shittiest fucking weed, full of seeds. It was yellow, but I still have smoked it. <laughs> What's the worst way you've hit on someone? Oh man, <laughs> not that many. I'm really awkward. I think that's it. I just get out really awkward. Any racism this week? Oh yeah. In Texas, uh, I got out of off, I got off an open mic. I thought I had a good time. I went to the corner store next door, and this big old like giant football player comes up to me. He's like, "Hey, dude, that was a great set." And I was like, "Oh shit!" And I shook his hand, and then he once he shook my hand, he said, "For a beaner." And I was like, "Oh man!" Scratch his car. <laughs> I had a full tank. I followed him. I was like. I ain't gonna kick his ass. Like, really? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do that. But fuck, nice little scratch. I should have wrote cheater. <laughs> Would you have ever fucked for money? Like I was saying, guys, the dick is free. But would I ever pay somebody? I don't know. Maybe later I want to get older. Afterlife, no such thing. What do you do when you wake up in the middle of the night? Many things, people. Uh, I usually eat a lot. Feminism means. Uh, I don't want to get into that right now. 
Fishing is boring. There's a lot of questions in here. Break up with the Giants? Break up with the Giants. I don't know, guys. I never had to break up with a Giant. Oh. <laughs> now I feel bad, San Francisco. I only went to one Giants game ever, and it was just the eighth inning. And I had a hot dog, and I watched. And I was like, this was pretty cool, and I just fucking left. Yeah. I was not going to stay there for the fucking, what, four? How long is a game? Four hours? Yeah? Woo. Mm-mm. That didn't make any fucking sense, guys. Sorry. There's a lot of them in here, man. That's a good chunk. I thought I thought it was going to have just weird ass, like, just one word once towards the end. Everything happens for a reason. Uh, no. <laughs> That's not how my life's been. <laughs> Why is the raven, like, writing on a desk? What? I don't know. Oh, I don't know that one. Is it a... Oh, sorry. You seemed really disappointed in me. <laughs> like, that fucker did not have a childhood. Fuck him. <laughs> uh, I don't know what that one says either. The worst way to die. Ooh, this is going to be a good one. The worst way to die would probably be on, oh, I don't want to refer to an old question, but it would be San Jose and bus 22. <laughs> he knows. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Have a great night. Okay. Guys, keep clapping for yourselves. You just listen to people make shit up for an hour. Please clap for Muni Radio and Pam Benjamin. Thank you so much, Pam. Um, I'm going to just hit you guys with one final just poetic send-off. I'm not going to do anything with it. We're just going to let's just see what happens. This is the final one. Uh, no, that's not poetic enough. Um, do I need antidepressants? Goodbye. Thank you. It's been Hell Hat. of swimming through a sea of podcasts. Are ye on a raft without a patter? Is this about that VR house you keep bugging me for? What if it is? I told you, I can't afford the Bitcoin. Goodbye, Jack. Welcome to Really Queen Radio. My name is Brian Kent, and I am here with some special guests for season two of our show. We are live from San Francisco. 
Hi guys, how's everybody doing tonight? Great. Good. Great. Queen. <laughs> I'm like really queen. Um, I am here with the one and only uh, Mr. David Helton, who is a DJ, producer, and party promoter. And uh, what else do you do? You do like everything, dude. Bring home the bacon. Friday. She brings home the bacon. She brings home the bacon. And we work together a lot, so you have a very long, extensive history in music. So I thought you'd be really fun to have on the show. And we also have another DJ producer with us today by the name of Philip Grasso. Really queen. Yeah, really queen. Actually, Philip um, actually was the producer of the title track, Really Queen, for the radio show. It's actually a song outside of the radio show. Um, but yeah, that yeah. was fun doing that with you, right? Yeah, that was like a few years ago, right? That was a few years ago. We sat in this like recording studio just writing like some of the most fucked up lyrics you have ever heard in your life. Talking about shell crab and fat fish and snatch. And if you ever, if you get a chance, you can go on to iTunes and actually download the song or at least listen to a sample of it. It's pretty like plastic crab meat, plastic <laughs> crab meat. So, um, anyways, yeah. So we are starting season two. We've got, um, our, this is our first time ever on a Thursday, which is super exciting. And we have, um, our extended show format as well as our new date and time. So I'm super excited to be here. Um, if you haven't joined us before each week, we're exploring a new musical artist that has helped to influence the LGBTQ culture as we know it today. Um, so the show was born out of a conversation where a friend of mine were out and about and I said, oh, this is so-and-so. And he was like, wait, who is this? And I was like, really, Queen? Because it was someone that he should have known, right? Yeah, for sure. So um, anyways, if you want to talk to us at any point during the show, you can reach out to us at 415-550-0511. Um, our Instagram is reallyqueenradio. And... Our website is really queen, really queen, really no W in there, really queenradio.com, <laughs> where you can find our podcasts. So, um, the guys don't necessarily know, um, unless I open my mouth at some point, exactly who we're talking about today. But um, this is our, our artist for today. And I thought, you know, we've been talking about females so much for the first season. Um, I'm, you know, and obviously a lot of these female divas have influenced us, but this is an opportunity for me to um, share with you some of the men that have influenced gay culture. So, here we go. This is our first artist of the day.
song is like, right? David, you remember the song. You're much older than me. I remember the song. I was probably 14 when it came out. You were 14 years old? No, I wasn't born yet. In 1969, I was not alive or a thought. I don't think my parents were. Well, my parents were teenagers. You did, your parents were teenagers? Oh, yeah. In 1969? Yeah. I was born in 1969. My mom was 16 when I was born. So Your mom was a cool girl. Yeah. She was feeling it. Young. Very young. She was young. Well, our artist, if you don't know who that is, is none other than David Bowie. And ironically, this was not planned. Today is the third anniversary of his death. To the date, right? Yeah. Philip, Philip yes, was like, Philip was like, wait, didn't he die three years ago and today? Was, and it was his birthday two days ago. His birthday was two days ago, January 8th. So um, he's known as, let me give you a little history on David Bowie if you don't know. It's David Bowie. He's an English singer and songwriter and actor. He um, was basically a leading figure in the music industry um, and is considered probably one of the most influential musicians of the 20th century. I mean, he was acclaimed by critics and musicians, um, especially during his work in, during the 1970s. I mean, his career was marked by reinvention, which we know more than anybody. If you look at Madonna, you look at Cher, it's all about reinvention. And he kept reinventing himself over and over again um, through his look, his visual presentation, his music, his stagecraft. And a lot of that, and most of that, I would say, had a huge impact on on pop music. Um, this said during his lifetime, his record sales were estimated at 140 million albums worldwide. Damn. I, I know that when he <laughs> passed his uh, wife Amon, she inherited hundred million bucks. Yeah, she well she was he was married to Amon, the, the supermodel the supermodel of the world. And um, yeah, so that those those numbers made him one of the world's best selling artists of all time. And he was of course, you know, as many others, was inducted into the Rock of Hall Hall Fall of Fame in nineteen ninety six. So, um, you know, this guy for me, I mean, I don't know about you guys, like I you know, certainly in the seventies, I, I was growing up in the seventies, but I was still young. But I do remember a lot of his music philip you you probably don't remember any of his music no just i mean <laughs> later on right yeah i mean like i uh, you know just from hearing it in in remixes or you know through friends but it's so far beyond <laughs> my time yeah well you're how old are you now 31 oh that's so cute she's so cute, cute. <laughs> she's so cute well that's not I, mean, well, I grew up in the 70s but i'm a child of the 80s so i'm more of a labyrinth modern love david bowie right yeah me I, too that's what i remember totally right? totally totally i mean i that's exactly what i remember too i mean so he has he had a very interesting i mean his career is amazing but he started off with a very interesting he, he was formed his first band when he was 15 years old in 1962 way before a time um called the conrads and then he went to another band called the king bees and then he got this manager finally um, which which later on helped him to transition to, to being a solo artist but um, he moved to another band called The Buzz and he they basically put out like unsuccessful single after one after another so you know his career was not marked from the beginning you know by being you know successful or, or being a hit right off the bat um, but a thing that's very interesting about his name um, do you know what his real name is? I don't. It's David Robert Jones so guess what they called him instead of David like as a kid what? Davy. Davy. Right. Now now put that together. Davy Jones. <laughs> That's true. Right? Okay, so Very true. the reason that he changed his name Who's is Davy Jones. Exactly. <laughs> so Davy Jones was becoming popular around the same time and he was um, a part of the monkeys, the band The Monkeys. So everyone was like Davy Jones and it was getting confused. He was like, I gotta change my name. So he ended up changes, changing his name from um, from David Robert Jones or Davy Jones to David Bowie. 
It's kind of interesting, right? Um, his, he, in 1967, he had a single called The Laughing Gnome, where he, he did this thing where he sped up all these like high-pitched vocals and did all this stuff. Anyways, it didn't chart. And then six weeks later, he debuted his album, David Bowie, called David Bowie, which was met with the same fate. It was did not do well. So after all of that, he basically decided, you know what? I'm, I'm done. And he stopped for two years. He didn't hear anything from him at all. And then he met this dancer by the name of Lindsay Kemp in 1967, and he enrolled in this guy's dance classes at the London Dance Center, and he studied dramatic arts with him. He studied like everything from avant-garde to mime to um, commedia de la art, and he became immersed in this whole like idea of creating a persona around the artist um, through those studies. So um, his second album, which was um, which was reissued internationally in 1972, called Space Odyssey, which is the song that you just heard from that from that album. Um, it, it had, you know, the whole album was very physicist, like it was a physicist, what's the word I'm trying to say? Philosophical post-hippie lyrics on like peace and love and morality and um, very acoustic rock, um, but it was not actually a commercial success at the time. So that song and that first album was not necessarily a commercial success. It wasn't until his third album called The Man Who Sold the World um, came out and that, that particular album had a lot to do with um, schizophrenia and like mental illness. His family had a lot of mental illness. His brother was mentally ill. He had suicides in his family, so it would make sense that he would sing a song about that, right? Um, and um, his next album called Hunky Dory in 1971, which is probably the beginning of when I start remembering a lot of his stuff, had two hits that were both a tribute to uh, Andy Warhol and the Velvet Underground and Bob Dylan. And the song was called Changes. And this song for me is like, I don't know, it's one of the songs that I've always loved because I think it, it always represents, it represents like, you know, things change, things happen, you go through changes. And this was, um, this was the song that he wrote about it. So let's, let's, let's give it a listen. Sounds familiar. Familiar? Yeah. Probably. Um, we're, I wanted to play this little game with you guys. And we're gonna, I guess we'll just do like oh. true, or, true or false. Uh oh. Like, it's like true or false games, okay? <laughs> this is easy. Okay, we're going to start with a very easy one. True or false? David Bowie refused to drink tea. False. Philip? Mm, true. 
the answer is true. Oh. So when he was five, Bowie's parents That's took so him. so random. I know, wait, right? Life, he didn't really reject it his whole life. He did, wait, he did. So when he was. Really queen. Really queen. <laughs> I wonder if she had a bad experience. Or she, she did. So wait, when he was five years old, Bowie's parents took him on a, a famous boat trip where he drank tea that had been stewing for seven years. Oh. And it was so awful <laughs> that he hasn't drunk. water. Right, probably. But it's, it was so awful that he hasn't drunk a cup of tea since. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't think, you know, if I had that kind of scar, like you said, something happened at this early. Seven years. That's pretty scarring. What is, like, where where was that? <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't. Really, your parents? Come on now. Like, <laughs> you're a child. Well, why, why would it, well, first of all, why would anybody want to drink tea that was seven years your old? Your parents were trying to kill him, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, okay, here's another question. Here's another little pop question, okay? So, um, true or false, David Bowie's eye co- eyes are the same color. They are not. Absolutely. Um, I'll agree with David on that one. <laughs> okay, so... The answer is that his eyes are exactly the same color. But one is missing pigment. Well, here's the story. Contrary to popular belief, David Bowie's eyes are the exact same shade of blue. They just look different due to a permanently dilated pupil, which he acquired during his school days when he and his friend George Underwood, his friend punched him in the eye in a fight over a girl. And because of that fight, his eye is now permanently dilated. And so people think his eyes are different colors because they can't, it doesn't look the same. It should have been the T. That would have been a <laughs> good story. What, the tea? The tea. She drank the tea and her eyes I changed colors. It's <laughs> so girl, what was in that tea, girl? Girl, what was it? What's the tea, girl? Tea, no, no. Tea, no, no, no. So... In 1972, his album, The Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust, this is kind of like, what was The Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust and The Spiders from Mars, that was his band. Kind of, that's the album that made him a superstar. And I, I mean, I remember the name Ziggy Stardust, I remember being being young and being like, who the fuck was Ziggy, who is this person, right? So he dressed, do you know who Ziggy, do you know his character at all, um, Philip? Yeah, yeah, I've I've seen it, but uh, I don't know the story behind it. Yeah, I mean, he dressed in these these wild costumes that spoke of some kind of like future, and he portrayed this this persona um, called Ziggy Stardust and it kind of signaled this new age in rock music where it wasn't just seeing a singer it was these personas it was these characters that were played um, and it kind of that kind of Adam kind of and that whole I guess that whole era kind of announced the end of Woodstock it was the end of the 60s right we were now in the 70s and we were doing a lot of like really um, a lot of really different shit so this next song um, which for me you know again is another one that I remember really really clear but this is this is the one that kind of I think really changed a lot of things for him. Leave until high 
Sorry, that's there you are. I pushed the wrong slide around, girl. She's still, she's got all kinds of buttons up in here still. She's still trying to get used to this stuff. You know, the thing about him, though, is as well as being remembered for his musical talents, I mean, he was remembered for redefining sexuality for an entire generation, which I think is why he was so big in the gay community. I mean, when he stepped on the stage as Ziggy Stardust in 1969 originally, um, he was Ziggy Stardust is one of the world's greatest gay icons. I mean, it, that it was at that moment. I think him as a gay icon was born because he rewrote all of the rule books. Yeah, I, mean, I think though that for David Bowie, he wasn't an activist in the traditional sense. I mean, David Bowie's music and his you know his the way he portrayed characters was kind of a background to the gay movement. But he himself was not you know, out and about, you know, waving the flag. Yeah. I mean, way, way back then there was really no flag to wave. I mean, I mean you 69 know, 69 is, you know, when it all started. Right. So, you know, I think, but you're right. I think he just by being, and that's why people by the gay community identified with him is because at the, in that time there was, that didn't happen. No, he guys was very didn't. unapologetic about his androgyny and just, you know, he was very experimental, not just in music, but just in, I remember the album cover as a kid. Remember going to the record store? Oh yeah. Lord. Oh my God. Really queen record. Store. I had, I'm going my, my fucking record was in a record store. I Tower know. records. And <laughs> Virgin Records. <laughs> wow, that's a that's a that definitely deserves one of these. The album, <laughs> album art was like the album art back then was just beautiful, and you it's what part of the reason you bought the record was to take it home and unwrap it. And David Bowie had the most beautiful covers and art, and you know it was a true package. Yeah, I mean you look at his you look at his photos, and it's like it's drag. I mean it it's is, it's it just the, the makeup and the outfits and the costumes and just everything. It's 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 pretty phenomenal. And at that time, that was that was breaking rules. I mean, I'm sure for you, Philip, like, you know, you've, you've grown up in a, in a place where you've seen this from the beginning. I mean, you know, when you were a kid or when you were first coming out, I mean, I don't know how old you were when you came out, but it was like probably like 15 or 16. So 15 or 16 years old. And you know, you, you saw drag Queens and you saw these things where, you know, back then you just didn't see this kind of stuff. And so to see someone, you know, like that, it kind of made people go, Oh, I can relate. And, and hence, you know, becoming, um, a, a gay icon, um, you know, I, I'm sure you guys know the story because it's kind of a, a good story about his coming out. But two years after he was married to his first wife um, in 1970, Bowie told the world that he was gay uh, right on the cusp of his fame. Um, and in an interview that he did later uh, in 1972, he, he, sorry, when he, in 1972 when he did this interview, he said, I'm gay and I always have been. Right. So he like, came out as gay. So then it was like, holy shit, like he's gay. And then he later came out and said, okay, I'm not gay. Yeah. I'm well, bisexual. He also, said, he also said later that that was probably one of the biggest mistakes he ever made was saying that because he didn't realize the power of saying that at that time and how bad it could be for anybody who said it out loud. Absolutely. And you know, it's interesting what you just said to add on to that. He also said that it was a bigger mistake for him in the United States than it was in Europe. Yep, it was. Hmm. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. Because we're just all kind of got panties in a bunch like over here. Joel and just backwards. Yeah. So it, it was, you know, it's definitely interesting, but you know, he, I think he, like you said, he realized later that maybe he had not done the, the best thing, but then he came out and said, Oh, I'm a bisexual. Yeah. But you know, he was known for fucking every woman he could get his hands on. Right. I mean, there are stories about him introducing himself and saying, may I show you 
to the bathroom. And women would literally <laughs> go with him in the bathroom, and they okay, would leave with queen. a smile on their face. And that was how he did it. Bette Midler apparently fucked him in a cupboard. <laughs> yeah, it's like I was reading up on it. Like he's just been with some of the most Susan Sarandon. He's been with. He's been with really? all these women. Ooh, yeah. Girl, that's the team. Uh, Tina the Turner. Team. He had Tina Turner. So the Tina Turner. Everybody needs to do Tina. Enough. Wow. Well, so when he when he you know, but just as quickly as he like transformed himself into this Ziggy Stardust character, he changed it again. He was constantly reinventing himself. He had all these different different characters. I remember uh, it was Conan O'Brien, I think, on his show did this thing where he was he was flashing back on all the different versions of who David Bowie was, and it was like all these different characters, like the Bucktooth Wizard and the Hunchback this and Ziggy Stardust, and it was like all these crazy characters. Yeah, it was uh, the pictures are hilarious. He's like this hunchback. He has like thing attached to his back, and then suddenly there's these giant buck teeth and this wizard hat. <laughs> I mean, I guess. But you know, he was also so a voice on. 